is not the answer Never was, never will We will never live in peace unless and until We learn to love each other Not bomb, maim and kill Cause war is not the answer Never was and never will Hello, my name is Julie Estime with Massachusetts Peace Action, and you're listening to Peace Zone. Peace Zone is a series featuring a wide variety of expert speakers who all want the same thing, peace. We'll do our best to keep you up to date with the most pressing issues of injustice. This week's episode comes from the Building Sustainable Security Conference that happened November 21st. This segment features Jamie Eldridge, Massachusetts State Senator, Jamie Eldridge spoke on the endorsement of the people's budget. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I know that many of you have been here all day, and I want to thank uh, Cole Harrison and everyone involved with Mass Peace Action and all the other coalition members for putting on together a sustainable security conference. And it's a great honor to be here and with uh, my fellow panelists. And I'm, I'm here, as, as Cole said, to talk about the, the people's budget. And my guess is most people here are very familiar with, with that proposal, but but basically it's, it's been an effort, at least in Massachusetts, where for the past four years there has been a, a push by Mass Peace Action uh, to propose what in, in some years has been called budget for all, this year has been called the people's budget. Uh, for as far as Massachusetts goes, in, in, in my capacity as a state legislator, to ask the Massachusetts legislature to endorse the people's budget and, and ask our congressmen and women to, to support this budget and, and really create a very different dynamic at the federal level. Um, I'm just going to read very briefly what the proposal is. And for those of you, I, I think it's in your packet, but the, the bill, the state bill, is Senate 1906 and House 3144, filed by Senator Jason Lewis and Representative Jay Livingstone. And uh, the question uh, calls on Congress to enact a budget for prosperity, uh, preventing cuts to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans benefits, or to housing, food, and unemployment assistance, create and protect jobs by investing in manufacturing, schools, housing, renewable energy, transportation, and other public services, provide new revenues for these purposes, and to reduce the long-term federal deficit by closing corporate tax loopholes ending offshore tax havens and raising taxes on incomes over $250,000, and uh, in, in many ways, most importantly, uh, redirect military spending to these domestic needs by reducing the military budget, ending the war in Afghanistan, and bringing U.S. troops home safely now. So that is the proposal before the legislature. I'm, I'm a strong supporter of that and working to get that passed. It should be noted that, that uh, the budget that was I think just voted on in, in either the spring or summer um, that Congresswoman Clark, Congressman Capuano, and Congressman McGovern did vote for, for that budget. So I want to um, give them a round of applause for supporting the people's budget. And I, I just want to say that, <clears throat> you know, just in the, the past month, just a, a few quick examples of, of what I see at the state level that really f reflects that in, unless we're really serious about redirecting our federal budget priorities, it's very difficult to create change here, here, here in the Commonwealth among, amongst ourselves and in, in the communities in Massachusetts. So I know there's a lot of uh, allies out there that I work with on, on a number of issues. Um, just a, f a few quick examples, and, and most of these are, are from my district, is um, a few weeks ago I got a call from a constituent who uh, she uh, and her husband and two kids 
uh, their apartment uh, burned down in the city of Marlboro uh, due to a fire in the apartment building, and uh, she, she was homeless. Um, she went to the state to apply for support in order to, to stay in a hotel she, until she could find a new place to live. Um, the state uh, denied her uh, housing um, emergency assistance because there is a clause in the state policy that if you have been fired from a job within the past 90 days, somehow that means you're not eligible for emergency shelter. Now, as absurd as that is, you know, so much of that is tied to the, the federal cuts that have happened over the past 20 years at the federal level to building affordable housing, to better supporting public housing. And so what we have now in Massachusetts is an affordable housing crisis and a homelessness crisis. On any given night, there's about 4,000 families that are leaving either in shelter or hotels, often off unacceptable places for kids to, to be raised or, or to live in. And, and a large part of that, uh, and, and there's a lot of stories about it in Boston, but it's throughout the state, um, it's very difficult to find affordable housing, even, even for, for uh, families where both parents are, are working. So that's something that I've been working on, but the reality is, is that that policy uh, is unlikely to change until we reverse our federal budget priorities. I, I think a lot of people here have probably been advocating for the past few weeks, uh, perhaps the whole year, on making sure that Massachusetts continues on a sensible and progressive solar policy and making sure that we provide the proper investment to make sure that we not only expand solar, but do our part to reduce global warming and combat climate change. And what happened in the legislature this year, this week, which was, which was an embarrassment, was that we, we could not get to an agreement on moving forward on continuing that support. And so right now we have an uncertain environment as far as how we're going to move forward to support many of the solar projects that are about to be built uh, but they, but they're, they're, the, the funding is uncertain. A big piece of that is that right now there is a federal solar tax credit that's going to expire next year. Because it takes about nine months to, to build any solar project, we need that state legislation to pass. But, but again, so much, so much of this urgency is because it's really uncertain at the federal level if that, if that tax credit is going to continue, which pays for about 30% of the cost of solar projects. So you think about that. If that tax credit goes away, how much harder is it going to be at the state level and in, in throughout Massachusetts to continue to invest in solar? Um, if we could keep that tax credit full going, which, which obviously includes federal funding, we can make sure we have a, a more stable environment to, to make sure that Massachusetts stays the lead in, in uh, not only solar policy but, but combating climate change. So that's something that I, I think if we had the people's budget, we would have a much, much more secure environment for, for uh, supporting solar. Um, and then uh, also uh, one of the other issues that I, I work on is uh, better supporting uh, immigrants and better uh, combating uh, some of the injustices we say based on, on race or ethnicity in Massachusetts. I, I think probably a lot of us uh, read and heard the news about the statements by Governor Baker uh, questioning whether we should continue to accept Syrian refugees in Massachusetts, which were embarrassing, and a lot of us called him out on it, and it was a tremendous rally last night uh, in front of the State House, um, which was terrific. You know, part of that dynamic... And, and I, I interact with a lot of constituents on issues, is, is that there's a lot of people that somehow think that we can't continue to support 
refugees because we have all these domestic needs in, in our country. Now, putting aside the fact that, in, in, in embarrassingly, the United States is really not doing very much to welcome many refugees in, in compared to, to many European countries and many uh, countries in the Middle East, um, part of that is that a, a lack of understanding by a lot of the public about how much of the, of the United States federal budget goes to the military and therefore how it squeezes out domestic spending, which, which could take care of a whole number of needs, whether for the elderly, uh, for the poor, and, and, and therefore the, the, the backlash often tends to be against uh, communities of color, against immigrants, in this case against refugees. And one of the conversations I've been having with my constituents is trying to make that point of do you realize that over 50% of the federal budget is going to the military, and that's been the case for decades, and that actually, if we if we change that if we change that that prioritization at the federal level, we could take care of the needs uh, not only of, of of those who grew up in this country, but for everyone who lives in Massachusetts and, and across this country. Part of having that conversation, I think, is is communicating to the public and obviously to our congressmen and women about the the, the need to reverse our, our our priorities at the federal level and make sure that we support something like the people's budget. And so I I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is. I, I think that sometimes some of my colleagues question, well, why are we why are we pushing for this resolution to send a message to our congressmen or women? And a big part of it is, is education, is a lot of people don't realize how much money is spent for the U.S. military versus domestic purposes. They don't realize about the cuts to housing, to the environment, to social services at the federal level, and how, therefore, that's fallen at the state shoulders. And although the state is trying to do its part, we know that, unfortunately, in Massachusetts, uh, there have been a series of tax cuts that has reduced our ability to provide all these services. So um, I can't emphasize the importance enough um, to gather support for the people's budget at the state level, and obviously for everyone here to talk to your congressmen and women about the, the importance of them voting for this so that it's not just three of our congressmen and women, but also every single congressperson in Massachusetts. So um, I want to thank everyone for being here. I look forward to answering questions, but I, I, uh, I can't emphasize the importance of this because, again, um, as much as there's a, a significant number of state legislators working for all these important priorities. One of the most heartbreaking things that, that I go through every, each and every year is sitting down and talking to advocates and people uh, that you know, may have uh, children with disabilities, uh, people that um, are suffering homelessness, people that are frustrated at the cuts that are happening in their public schools, is that unless we reverse our budget priorities at the federal and state level, very little is going to change. We're really just playing in the margins. Part of that solution is the people's budget and getting it supported and passed at the federal level. So, again, thanks very much for having me. Thank you, Jamie Eldridge, for featuring in the eighth segment. For more information about upcoming events, visit www.masspeaceaction.org. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.